0: We're going to open up James, uh, James 1, just the first uh, several verses of the book of James. So if you do have your Bibles, I would encourage you to, to turn uh, to James 1. We'll be looking at James 1, 1 through 4. And a very uh, important subject that we all deal with on a daily basis. So, but let's, before we, uh, uh, l- let me read the scripture and then I'll pray and then we'll get into the word. So this comes from James 1. James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes of the dispersion, greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Let's pray. Father, it again is a joy to come before You, Lord, to open up Your Word, to open up Your truth. And Lord, this is, uh, Lord, uh, not for me, not for man. God, You are wanting to communicate to us, and You are wanting not only to communicate to us, but to transform us. Lord, You want to take our hearts, Lord, even this morning, and You want to Uh, draw us in closer to You. Uh, Lord, You want us to be made in the image of Your Son. So Father, we ask that You would do that today. Lord, do Your supernatural work by taking Your Word and moving in our hearts and our lives. Uh, Lord, again, we thank You for Your Word, and we thank You through Christ. In His name we pray. Amen. You know, one of the uh, the biggest questions that I think it's important to ask ourselves is, uh, as as Richard already said, and we already recognize, when we wake up every single morning, uh, we live in a broken world, don't we? Uh, we wake up, uh, we even look in the mirror and see the brokenness that's there. Uh, as we walk out, even even in our own family, in our and our circles of friends, where we work, where we live, where we play, all these things we begin to realize that our world is broken. We, we can't get away from it. But the question this morning that I want to ask you and ask myself is, as we experience and do life and as we walk through life, how, how is it that we view the ups and downs that we go through? How is it that we actually come by faith to, to grasp these things that take place in our lives? Our, our circumstances, uh, the good, the bad, uh, the, the hard things that take place. How, how is it that we look at these things? You know, we, we could, and, and I hope that none of us here uh, and today, uh, knowing that you have the Word continually preached to you, uh, that we don't we don't look at life as like a pinball machine, that it's just all these random events, hoping to hit something, and and the things that come to you and I, whether they're they're good or they're bad, and we we sometimes uh, we see this view out in the world that that life is just full of random events, that that there's no order to the things that that take place. Or sometimes, maybe, subtly, we believe that often that when good things happen to us, maybe it's because we're doing good. Or or when bad things take place, we begin to think, well, maybe I'm not doing so well. And that whole idea of karma, the whole idea that, that is unbiblical, not true, but, but if we're honest with ourselves, sometimes we slip into that kind of mindset, don't we? We begin to think about our performance. We begin to think about what we do and how that directs God and His plans and His working in our lives. You know, James opens his book, inspired by God Himself, with talking about trials talking about what it is and the reality of day in and day out of what we live through, and we face trials. It, it, it is a big theme of this whole book, but James being the half-brother of Jesus, uh, who has came to faith and now is a leader in the church, and, and this is one of, the, one of the most earliest books that was probably written in the New Testament, and so, as, as James is talking about trials, and when we're going to, uh, he's going to define really what trials are by flushing this out in the first chapter. And, and we'll, we'll get to that specifically, but um, a lot of times, if we had to be honest, when we think of trials or bad circumstances, we think of those as tragic happenings or accidents. And. You know, if, if we were in James' shoes and in the people's shoes that were hearing this, uh, the reality was that a lot of the hearers were experiencing some sort of persecution. They were being uh, persecuted because they were standing up for Christ. But, but it's interesting here this morning, we're not going to talk a whole lot about persecution because what we begin to see as James is opening this book is that he's not really dealing with, in essence, persecution. He, he's actually focusing on what happens here within our own hearts. He, he's, he's talking to a people and he is, in essence, in fear that, that God's people will, yes, they will be persecuted for their faith, but they will not themselves settle for the world. They themselves will not just settle uh, for taking it easy in life. And so he, he's calling us to great faith. And in essence this morning as we look at this passage, he, he says this, this phrase, he begins and we see in verse 2, he says, Count it all joy, my brothers. This this word is such a key uh, for the rest of this book and He calls us to have joy in the midst of our trials. And if we're honest with ourselves, this is something hard to swallow, isn't it? I bet many of us here from all different walks of life have had so many different experiences, so many different kinds of trials that we've experienced. And and to read this and when he's calling us to count it joy, sometimes that is hard to. To swallow. But how can we count trials? This this testing, even from, from God, a, a joy. And so it, it really comes with this word count, which is a word for us to actually step back and to look at the bigger picture of what's going on in our lives. He's actually calling us to slow down our life, and this word actually means to, to, to carefully consider, to, to look at our situations with thoughtful judgment. And so as, as you and I experience the trials of life, James is calling us, as his count, he's calling us to slow down and to step back. You know, to, to count by looking at our trials, by looking at what's going on, is a process that takes time. This is something that's not just to happen overnight. You know, here, and maybe as, as a somewhat funny example, this is not what he's talking about. You know, maybe you or I have found yourself in a situation, maybe, and this happened to me several times, where uh, my tire has gone out on the side of the road, and it's we pull over and try to figure out, get the spare tire, try to figure this out, you know, and and maybe this hasn't happened to me, and hopefully this hasn't happened to you, but you know, maybe somebody from your church sees you, you know, pulls over, gets out of the car, and says, "Brother, count it a joy, your tire's flat," <laughs> gets in his car and takes right off. <laughs> you know that is often is sometimes how we've missed what James is getting at. You know, he, he's, he's essence in essence giving us an idea to, to look at the process. Yes, we, when we have a situation, when we have a trial, we are to step back. And even the little things and the big things that, that happen to us, he is calling us to joy. But he is calling us... Uh, to To begin to see that we have help, that for us to step back, to look at the bigger picture, and in essence, in what we see here in the book of James, God is wanting to do something here on the inside of us. He is wanting to produce something that is not just like that. He is wanting to produce something within us, and... and ultimately make us like His Son, to, to cr- transform us in the image of the Son. You know, God's, God's goal for us is maturity. God's goal, and we see in the book of James, it is to build endurance in us. And, and as often as I think about this passage, I, I run to Psalm 1. You know, Psalm 1, a great passage that gives us this illustration of this strong tree this, this tree that, that doesn't move or doesn't faint in, in the midst of, of trials and hardships. Psalm 1-3 says, uh, but even before that, "...Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by the streams of water." That yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. You know, wow, what, what a glorious portrait of what God calls us to be like. And, and, and James is, in essence, as we look at this whole book, he is calling us to be like that faithful tree. Where we are, are founded in, in the Word and the Law and that our, our life is changed. But how true is it when we see that tree? We even read that this morning. We see that that's not like me. You know how how often is it that we have to be honest with ourselves is that we we begin to see, as we look at that tree, as we begin to see what James is laying out for us, is that Sometimes I buckle in the midst of a trial. Sometimes I really struggle. Sometimes I even start to doubt God's goodness in the midst of a trial. You know, the, the book of James is like a mirror. It shows us who we truly are. And so uh, as, as we get into this uh, first couple of verses this morning, I, I want to encourage you. Yes, as we read and as, we, as he calls us to understand some things as we walk through trials, uh, understand that what we're going to see is that we, we fail God. We, we don't do often what he calls us to do. But, but again, even though the, the, the book of James doesn't talk about the gospel and it only mentions the name of Christ only a couple times, that's what He's driving us to. Because you and I have someone. We have the Son of God who in flesh went through every single trial, temptation that you and I have ever experienced. And He did it perfectly for us. He, he conquered life. He conquered through His perfection, His glory, going to the cross in order that We would have help in this. So, as we walk through these verses two through four, there's three things I want us to consider. And and that's kind of the key word this morning. I want us to consider, first, that we consider and look at the various kinds of trials that we experience. And not only that, is that we consider God's hand through those. And then ultimately, we're going to consider God's intent about what He is trying to do. The first is this in verse 2. If you look at me in verse 2, James says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. You know, you and I are called to consider and to really look at the different kinds of trials that we look at, that we're involved in. You know, what do we mean by trial? What does James mean when he says this word trial? Well, we get help in verse 3 a little more specifically when he calls this trial, the trials that we go through, a test. It it is something that God is doing to prove or to work His will out in our lives. It is something that God puts in front of us, that, that God brings to our lives where God is doing it with such a great purpose it's, it's like a test laid before us. Now, if, if we're honest and we look at Scripture, we look at the book of James, uh, this could be the burdens that you and I go through. This could be the, the pressures that, that we feel. Sometimes the pressures we put on ourselves. Sometimes the pressures we get from the, the world, uh, Even even from other believers. This also could be the joys that we go through. It could be hardships and reality temptations. That, and we do know, we know the, the truth is that God doesn't tempt us. God, God is, there's no darkness, there is no sin in, in God. Him alone, He is, the not, he is not the one that, that tempts us. But God uses things in order to strengthen our faith. And we do walk through temptations. It could also be the responsibilities, the opportunities, the pains that you and I go through. But, but the truth is we often think of a trial as a negative thing, don't we? When we hear that word trial, we begin to think uh, it's just the bad stuff. It's the hard stuff that happens to us. But, but if we were to look at the book of J- in James, that's not always true. In, in verses 9 and 10, James talks about poverty. And wealth. He, he talks about having nothing, but then also sometimes in our lives where we have things, where we have money, we have these things. And, and Proverbs 30, a very familiar passage, clearly shows us that even poverty and wealth can be a trial. You know, Proverbs 30, the portion of it says, Give me neither poverty nor riches. So why would he say, Give me neither poverty nor riches? Well, in, in poverty, there is a trial of, of what? Of, of dishonoring God by taking something that doesn't belong to us? Or wanting something that doesn't belong to us? And, and what's the trial in wealth? We could, we could be prone to trust our wealth more than the, the person, the one who has given us all things. You know, in chapter 2 in James, he talks about knowledge. Even knowledge can be a trial or a test. The fact that we know what God has called us to, is there, therefore we should do it. And, and all of us here can agree to the, to the reality that we know the truth, we know the things that God has given to us, but we struggle with doing it, with following through. He even says the tongue. And chapter 3 can be a trial. With, with the tongue, what do we do? We, we curse, and then we bless. And so the, the reality is that, um, that just because we hear the word trial doesn't mean it's necessarily the hard or bad things in our life. Even the good things, even the blessings that we receive, can, can in essence, God is often putting these things in front of us or giving us these things to grow and to test our faith, to to see what's really there. So with that, as we consider the various kinds of trials, the next question is, so, so what is it that these trials bring about? What is it that these things that God puts in front of us produce or come out? And, and this would lead us to the second point, is that we would consider God's hand. Look with me in verse 3. It says, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. You know, when I say consider God's hand, what we're talking about is you see in Scripture, as as God has talked about and in his, in his right arm is moving and His hand is moving, it, it is... It is usually talked about God's salvation coming to his people, God's protection, that, that God is, is moving in his redemption and his salvation towards his people. And so as as we step back and consider God's hand, we have to ask, Lord, what are you doing in the midst of this trial? Or, or God, are you working in the midst? Or how are you working? And so as, as we see here in this passage in verse 3, you know, James says to his hearers, For you know. Th- this word is, is really the key of this verse. For you know. So, so James is, is setting up and communicating that, that his audience, that his hearers, have obviously experienced trials already. And, and, and they have begun to see what God is producing for, for they know, but, but it's not just that. It's, it's in essence, it's drawing their attention to the God who is orchestrating all of this. For you know. In, in essence, uh, you know, we, we have to acknowledge here that it is, uh, there, James is making the connection that it is God who is working in the midst, who is bringing about these things in order to test his people in order to, to, to bring about a truth that, it, that God is working. Now, we may ask, how is this, a, how is this truth a comforting truth? That, that it's God testing us, that it is God who is actually growing our faith. You know, we, we have to think on the alternative to help us understand this. You know, what would life be like if God wasn't in control? Yeah, there. we know the, the ultimate answer to that question is that there would be no life. There would be nothing if God was not in control. You know, do do we, as we hear from the world, as we see, is, is often that thought that life is a bunch of random events that, you know, even going back to evolution and these things that, uh, that are believed that, that everything just happened to come together and, and this is where we're at. What what hope, what comfort is there in, in, in that kind of thought? You know, the truth is that there is unbelievable comfort and hope in the fact that we have a God who is controlling all things, who is working in not outside of these trials, but he's working in the midst of these trials. All these things, the good, the bad. You, you know, I, 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 I still remember the very day, and I still remember where I was when um, I was at a mall, I was in college with, with some friends, and got a phone call. I think it was one of the very first cell phones many years ago. It was about this big. Um, and... You know, taking that call from my dad, and my, my dad shared with me, he said, son, I've got something to tell you. It's not great news. Um, I was like, oh, you know, boy, what, what is it? And As my dad shares, shared with me, he had gone to the doctor, and he had been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. And in reality, it, it, it hit me, and I still remember hearing that and, and thinking through that. Now, God has been uber-gracious to my dad he's still alive doing doing well and but uh, the, the the struggle that he has been through is 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 huge it's amazing his life is completely changed and, and and I remember hearing that and and thinking through that and looking back on it now I am thankful that God is in control Yes, we, we know that disease and sickness is a part of our fallen world. Uh, it, is the, it is the consequence or the implications of, of the fall of sin, and it affects all of us. But I am so thankful that I have a God who is in control. That, that God has even used this in my, in my dad's life to draw him closer to the Lord. He's used this in my life, in my family's life, to draw us closer and closer. To understand that, that, that God is like what Peter says. He is refining our faith. As, as that dross is being pulled up by the heat and, and pulled off. You know, God uses our trials, orchestrates our trials in order that, that we would grow closer to Him. Is that we would be purified in this process of life. You know, and that is done exactly what James is talking about here. I bet a lot of us here could could share, give testimony to the fact that because of the trials and the things that the Lord has brought you through, He, he has brought about a, a sense of perseverance, that He is increasing your steadfastness, your perseverance in, in the midst of that. Many of us could could share story after story of what it is to to walk through something and how after time and after time you look back on your life and you look back about what you've been through and you see the growth, you see the goodness of God that His hand has not pulled away from us in the midst of a trial. No, it, it has become closer and closer even as hard as a trial as maybe some of us have faced, God draws closer to His people because He is working. You know, what's interesting here about this perseverance, these tests that God gives to us in increasing our perseverance is that this whole word is is about active faith. You know, we, we can think about perseverance in the sense that you know, perseverance means to, to, just to make it through it, just to whatever has happened has happened. Whatever will, it, it will be done. And that's, that's kind of a passive way to think, is that we think when things happen to us, we're going to sit back and just ride the waves out. No, but what James is talking about here for us is that perseverance is active faith. As, as things take place, as our circumstances change in our life, He is calling us to look to the author, the perfecter of our faith. He is calling us to look to Christ, to see in Christ that, that he, he is actively working and He's calling you and I to active faith and trust. You know, the illustration um, may be, you think about, as one author put it, a, a, a runner who is running a race is, is someone who, who understands the length of that race and they have trained and they have worked hard, they have, they have exercised, they have done the things that they need to do. As they walk up to that start line, a, a person who understands this knows that, that they have to run the race, they have to run in order to finish. And there's hope to get to the end. But in the midst of that, is the race going to be easy? (laughs) No. A runner who is trained knows that there's difficulties. There is hardship in the midst of the race. There is sometimes that feeling like, I want to give up. I want to run over to that side, to that curve, and just be done. But we see that these tests, what God is doing is helping us understand the reality to continue to persevere, that He is helping us with that. Now, the question may be, do we just persevere for the sake of persevering? Do we just grunt it out just to get through it? Do we just just keep pushing forward? Well, that brings us to the third point of really what verse 4 is talking about is that there's a call for us to see the purpose in the midst of the trials, the good, the bad that we go through. And it's this, uh, for us to consider God's intent. That God himself is, is, is working with such an intent to do something within our lives. You know, one of the uh, most glorious, I think, passages or scriptures is 2 Corinthians 3 that, that speaks to believers or Christians being transformed from one glory to another because of of, of Christ and what He's accomplished for us, that that His goal for you and I is that we wouldn't stay the same, is that He wants to transform us. We we, we recognize that in, in young children and in babies. what They are constantly transforming. My wife and I were looking at Photos and pictures just a couple days ago, and just looking even at our children, and how the transformation has happened over the last couple years, and and maybe as we get older, we begin to think that well, I can be set in my ways. Uh, I'm I I don't need to change, but but the truth of Scripture is, the gospel calls you and I to to continually be changed, to continually to be transformed. By Christ. And as we look and consider what God's intent is for us in verse 4, it says, "...and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing." You know, this, what James is calling us to consider is that these trials, they are for the testing of our faith, but in order to make us complete. You see, perseverance leads to a full effect. Even these three words where it says becoming perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. Not not in the sense of being without sin, but this whole idea of being perfect and complete is this whole idea of being fully developed. of In essence, of growing to maturity in our faith. That our faith leads to, a, in, in essence, a maturity in, in our life uh, that we grow, that we uh, become more mature throughout everything that takes place. You know, when, when I was in high school and had the opportunity to run cross-country just for a year, my senior year, I had a coach who uh, would, would take us out, would train us, would, would push us, would cause us to run, further than we thought we could run. And and I remember one of the very first races was this ending of this race was a complete uphill. And and hearing about the other runners talk about it and having them discuss it about how hard it was, I didn't want to face that hill. Um, But what our coach did is that even before the race, he took us out to that to that park where the race was. And he had us over and over run up and down, up and down that hill, over and over. And when I think about that, as I think about doing it over and over and over, there, there was this sense of, yes, hope of getting to the top, but but the over and over process of going up and down that hill began to build in me and the other racers, a maturity to be able to attack, to be able to go after this race, to go, to end the race well. And as James is showing us here, as we live the Christian life, as we walk by faith over and over and over, that is his goal, is wanting to produce a maturity within us that when we look at a situation in our life, we don't look at the same that maybe we did maybe years ago early in our faith. is that we have begun to see that, that God is faithful. That God does have a good intent to grow in us, to mature in us. A faith that trusts Him over and over and over. You know that's, and I and I fully believe that is what leads us to count our trials as joy. That is going back even to verse two of, of what it is as we step back, and and, and this is not a a how to sermon. <laughs> this is a looking at what the scripture says as we as we look at what happens in our lives, the good, the bad, all these things, the difficult, the easy things, the the wealth, the good things that God, as we deem good, pours out on us, that we would begin to step back and ask those questions. God, what are you doing? How how are you going to use this in my life to build a maturity in my faith? And, And ultimately as the book of James does, it's a call for us to look to Christ. In the midst of those trials, in the midst of when we think we've grown so much and we think our, our faith is mature, but we we fall down, we fail. Again, it is a call to see that we have a Savior who has done it all, who has kept the law, who who has... Who has gone before all the trials, all the temptations that were set before Christ. And Jesus walked in faith, trusting His Father that His plan was good. Even think about the garden when Jesus was going to be crucified. And probably the the greatest trial of His life, He trusts His Father. That is the hope. That is the strength that you and I have as we walk through life. Not that we can get it all together. Yes, it is, is His promise to us that He is going to mature us? That He is going to grow us in our faith? Yes. But we have a Savior who is helping us in the midst of that. Yes, life is hard, but we have hope in Christ. So I pray that that will encourage you this morning. I pray that you will take this word this week to, uh, as you look at your life, that life is not an accident, that all the things that take place, these are, in essence, divine appointments that God is putting into our life in order to do something so great here on the inside of us. And it will work itself out according to His grace. Let's let's pray. Lord Jesus, we again thank you for the truth of your word. And we're thankful that your word speaks to the practicalities of our life. That your word challenges us to walk every day in faith. Knowing that we have a Savior who has gone through it all. We have a Savior who has brought us into your presence that gives us hope, that, can, that gives us, in essence, we can look at our life and we can count it as joy because of what you, Jesus, have done. Lord, we thank you for this passage and we thank you for these truths. We pray it in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.